So you are interrupting our plans because you we're doing a special show today, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, it's to do with Brompton and uh, the fact they're trying to help uh, the NHS, uh, the National Health Service in the UK, and their key workers of how they get to work, uh, because obviously a lot of transport systems being shut down, and also there's the fundamental need to social distance, uh, which means that you have to basically get to work in a way that keeps you away from people. And Brompton have thought, well, we need to help you guys. And to put this into context, we are now at the 9th of April and um, you're still locked down. So are people in, in, in the UK, I guess. And can you just tell us a little bit for those who don't don't know what Brompton is? Just give a short intro to what that is. Yeah, and I, actually, within this interview, you'll hear a lot about that. It's a, it's a folding bike company. Uh, I and you as well, Mikael, we come from a, a much more uh, recreational racing bike background, but uh, Brompton are a functional utilitarian uh, bicycle business, and they, they really want to make a difference in the way we live our lives. And they're also hugely ethical, and take a, a massive social responsibility. And for that reason, uh, I really want all of us to try and buy into what they're doing. And so I had this conversation with Will Butler Adams, and Will, Will Butler Adams is the CEO of uh, Brompton. He's mad as a box of frogs. Hmm. He, he's been there for 15 years. <laughs> uh, he's about as English as they come. He is, uh, he's not uh, what you'd classify as a normal cyclist. He's just, he's an engineer. And uh, we had a great conversation and we talked about what they're doing and how they need all of our help. As a business, we have been given special status to continue trading, which is a privilege, so we have a responsibility to do more. Good afternoon from the Brompton factory. You're one of the few places that is still open at the moment. It is um, pretty tough trading, I have to admit. Um, We've got problems with... Not really not many people to sell to. Um, we're obviously looking after our staff, so we're down about 35% in staff. And then trying to keep bits coming from a supply chain that's fragmented and in many cases closed down is pretty tough. But we are an industry uh, that is trying to keep our key workers moving. We were given that privilege when we went into lockdown, so we're trying to do our bit to keep not just the UK, we're still selling bikes to, to, to cities all over the world, um, to try and help, help people um, move about. You're not a normal bike company. It's And this goes back to one of the first times we met each other. Uh, we met each other at a, a, a lunch in 2015, and you came up to me and said, are you, are you the Tour de France cyclist? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and you said, well, I'm, I'm the, uh, I work with Brompton. I didn't know you were the CEO of Brompton. Uh, and you started ex- saying how you thought that all us road riders need to get on these folding bikes. And at the time, I thought it was preposterous. I was like, we we looked down on them. We were we thought they were this little niche place that uh, would be embarrassing to be part of. And yet, uh, since that meeting with you, I've fallen in love with the bike. And it's it's got nothing to do with any of the other niches within the cycling industry I have. I have road cycling, I have mountain biking, there's now gravel which has become big, we've got BMXing, we've got all these different genres and yet the only one that I use all the time is my Brompton 
and I I didn't see what was coming and you saw that well I've been riding around cities for a long time and um, I suppose the difference with our bike is um, for 50 years or so cycling has been a recreational sport which you are an example of the pinnacle and um, but we were never in the recreational sport really we were just in a useful tool to get around town particularly obviously you can chuck it on the train and go into town but it's most useful in, in towns and cities and um, and the thing that was obvious to me was that there were many many people who loved cycling but then they weren't cycling when I was cycling which was just every day poodling around and you think well surely if you love cycling you're going to love this but you don't know about it and we've got more people moving into cities we've got more people working in cities so surely rather than um, shuffling under the ground into a metal tube you want to be whizzing around on the top on a little bike so so to me it was always sort of obvious but for a long time I was a, a tall lanky bloke on a bike with small wheels so it was we were slightly out on the on the edge when we've first met and then I came you invited me to the factory to see and it was in the previous factory you had and you showed me around and it was what, within the within the year before you moved to where you are now where you're sitting now which is I think we'll get to that in a couple of minutes I was amazed that this this company uh, your company and brand was still in London your factory was within the M25 belt you were very uh, conscientious you were socially responsible regards who worked there you had an apprentice you have still to say the apprenticeship system you said when you started that you were making four thousand bikes a year they're up to fifty thousand bikes a year but there is an absolute direct correlation regards the amount of brazers that you have that can make the bikes you haven't tried to uh, economize too much uh, you haven't shipped out to cheaper countries. You haven't tried to dilute the workforce. You've kept it exactly at the same ratio per bike as much as you can since when you started 15 years ago, 20 years ago, wasn't it? Well, it's it's funny. Um, the reason that we have done that, um, and I'll take it in two parts. Um, the reason we are in London, we, we, we are in London because Andrew, the inventor, uh, um, designed his bike in his flat, which he still rents on the Cromwell Road, over just down from uh, the V&A, overlooking the Brompton Oratory Church. And, and he wanted to make a bike somewhere where he could pedal to from the flat he rented on the Cromwell Road. So he ended up um, in Chiswick, and then we, we started in a railway arch, and then we went from one place to another, and then we ended up in the place you visited um, in Brentford, all very pretty close. And, and really, we were growing so fast, we then no opportunity to move outside of where we started, which was two people in a railway arch. The real opportunity where we could have moved was when we moved here, which is we moved from Brentford to Greenford, sort of round London, um, and from about 33,000 square foot to 100,000 square foot. We could have moved outside of London. And interestingly, our customers are not that bothered about the fact that the bike was made in London. They were more interested that it was made in the UK. So we could have gone to many different places in the UK. And actually, we could have migrated our scarf or transferred from one staff to another. It could have been done. But the main reason we stayed in London is because so many of us use the bike. I mean, if we went where the money would have told us to go, we would have gone to some industrial estate in the middle of nowhere where we would have been paid money to go there. But then, 
you know, who needs a folding bike when you're going to an industrial estate? Nobody. So we, none of us would have been using it. The reason it's half decent is because so many of us use it and it annoys us because it's not good enough. And this could be better. And why has that happened? And, you know, so the, the city has defined the bike. And, and if we lost that connection, I think in the short term, it would have been fine. We'd have made a bit more money. But in the long term, we'd have lost that lovely connection that makes the bike so relevant because so many of us here use it. So that's that bit. And then with regards to how we make the bike, we are not some dusty old relic, you know, some artisan old thing. We use brazing because it genuinely delivers the best performance. And we've looked at other areas. We've looked at finding ways to do it differently. But we've kept coming back to the, 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 the method that gives the best performance is brazing, and that's well, why we're still brazing. Can you, can you explain what brazing is? Because 99% of the people watching, listening to this won't know what brazing is. So, um, uh, basically, well, funnily enough, when Andrew invented the bike in uh, 1975, he wrote to Raleigh, who at the time were making 2 million brazed bikes in Nottingham a year. And we've got a lovely letter that they sent to us saying, uh, cheers, mate, but thanks, but no thanks. Uh, not on your Nelly. No one's going to buy that weird bike. And um, the reason it's particularly relevant for our bike is the world has moved away from steel frames, high tensile steel frames to aluminium frames. And Ali is a fantastic material, but you need space for Ali. And in other words, you need bigger sections, thicker walls to get the strength because Ali is a lot weaker than steel. Obviously, with a folding bike, you want a very compact product, and therefore steel allows you to have much smaller tube um, with the same strength. And then within that, um, it's a lot to do with mechanism of, of failure. The recreational industry is quite fashion-led, and so people tend to have their product um, until for a number of years and then buy the next version because it's a newer better version or they'll ride the thing so flipping hard they'll take it off mega mountains and they'll break it because they've taken it beyond its design characteristics and they'll take that on the chin because they're mad hardcore cyclists but our customers are not cyclists per se you know they're, they're just they're just using it as a tool to get around and um and therefore we have bromptons that are 10 years 15 years even 20 years or more old and at some point, it will fail. If you keep using it, using it, it will fail due to fatigue. And so it's very important that when a product fails, it fails in a way that it lets you know. It happens slowly. Things move bit by bit. Um, and so with respect to um, high tensile steel and brazing, it has a mechanism of failure that is very, very slow. So if you're riding along, and something funny is going on, you'll, you'll be pedaling on and you go, oh, that, well, that feels a bit funny. What's going on there? You'll stop your bike, have a look, and you'll see that something is beginning to fail. With Ali, the mechanism of failure is much faster. So it's it, you will find that, Yeah, and then with carbon, it explodes, and it's extremely fast, which is fine if you're checking over your bike once a week or every weekend. But if you're just a punter that has a bike, it gets smashed, bashed, then chromoly and brazing is rock solid so this goes into one of the things that i learned from um uh, getting to know you and visiting brompton and having uh, a brompton and numerous brompton and loving them is the engineering is is so refined and 
it's so as you said it's it's designed to be thrown around up to a point as you said it's not the characteristics that's a great word it's not designed to be raced up and down mountains although you can ride them up and down them i've proven that at the tour de france <laughs> for fun uh but it's that idea where i come from this world where bikes are almost disposable and fashion and, i know we're so different and you guys are utilitarian their transportation devices they're they're they become a part of your life the industry has um for a long time reinvented itself and you've got the hard tail the soft tails you've got different types of bike which is fine and it has a great it, it's delivering to a fantastic audience but our philosophy is quite different we've taken a design and refined it and refined it and refined it we're much more like a vw golf because it's a tool and sometimes we don't find out about a failure mechanism until it's 10 years old. Well, in normal bike industry, the bike that's 10 years old, no one's even thinking about it because they've had three different bikes since then and they've forgotten about the tech. So they're not going to refine it because they're not the new, improved, completely trendy thing. But we have just been revolving, evolving, evolving. So we get into minute eye of detail. And the bike, the folding bike, the Brompton, is fundamentally a compromise. But the way to minimize that compromise is to be uncompromising in everything you do. And because we've been playing with that design in every little detail for 40 years, that's allowed us to touch little details all over the bike. And then when they all come together, you get this sense that, hey, that is pretty damn good. You know, it's better than you imagine. And that's not luck. That's 40 years of tinkering, fiddling, FEA, analysis to try and make it as good as we can and this leads exactly to where i think the reason we're talking today is is because of the what you guys want to do with the wheels for heroes is that i've never thought of brompton as a brand company or an engineering company that has by its yeah. very nature has right. a brand through the engineering yeah that's correct you don't try you it's not smoke and mirrors it's the real thing and hence why in this situation i think it's it's so uh, lovely and perfect that you guys have considered and, and done as i said going back to that quote because i'll repeat it because i think it's great as a business we have been given special status to continue trading which is a privilege so we have a responsibility to do more and so what you, what is it you want to do and are trying to do right now so i mean you know we're all muddling along trying to do our bit and life is full of opportunities um and it's whether you stick your hand out and grab them. That they are floating past us all. It's just, it's just, do you grab them or not? And we were approached by Barnes Hospital. We have a bike class scheme called Brompton Bike Car. We have about 60 locations. We have a load of bikes. And it's been going for about nine years. It's never made money because it's not really a making money business. It's about trying to give people an opportunity to try a bike and get back into cycling. Anyway, at this time of year, as we're going into summer, we have excess fleet. And Bart said to us, you know, is there any chance of borrowing some bikes? So we said, look, we've got some excess bikes. Why don't you take those? So we did a special deal for the NHS. They signed up for a quid and then they could take them for as long as they like. Um, and we thought we'd put 50 bikes aside. Well, the 50 bikes went in three days. It's like, whoa. So then we chucked in another 50. Then before you knew it, we were at 200 bikes from our fleet. That, that completely cleared us out. But by then we had 500 people from the NHS who wanted to join this scheme, but we didn't have enough bikes left. And we're like, now, now what, what are we going to do? So that's, that's when, you know, there's the opportunity to just leave it at that or do you have a crack? And, you know, at this time, 
you know, nothing's going to be perfect. You can't think it through for over six weeks. You've got to just go for it because it's needed now. So we thought, right, um, we're going to stick in a hundred grand. We're going to try and make a thousand NHS Bromies, NHS colours, but we need someone to bridge the, the difference between the hundred grand we're prepared to put in and the cost of a bike. Effectively, we're going to make a loss on every one, but we need someone to help us. So we stuck up a crowdfunding page. Um, we went on to um, the Virgin Radio with Chris Evans and so far so completely amazingly awesome with support coming massively from the UK. But we just have one of our suppliers from Taiwan that's just committed four grand. I mean, it's off the chart. We're now at about 110 grand. We'll be making the first 150 bikes this week. We'll hopefully be making 150 bikes every week until we get to 1,000 bikes and then these bikes will will be there forever. They will be there for the NHS. They will be there for people in the NHS to borrow, to get back into cycling, quid, get on the bike, take it, try it, use it, remember what cycling is about, tr to be a legacy, a positive legacy from this crisis we're all in, to try and remind people that the role of the bicycle and, and the value it adds. And, and, you know, from crisis, sometimes positives come. And we are in the middle of a crisis and it is pretty difficult and grim. But do we want to live the life we lived before? Surely there are some lessons we can learn from this on so many ways. Home working with the family, community support. But one of those, I hope, will be how we move in our cities. Because for too long, the idea that the way to get around a city is in, is in a metal box, uh, which takes up loads of space and belches out nasty fumes, or to go under the ground and pay to go in a big metal tube where the air sucks and it can't be good for your mental health down there. When when we have this simple little bicycle of any description that takes you through parks, past wonderful architecture, down little canals, nipping in and out, and makes you feel great. And 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 that's you know that remains our mission. It's always been our mission to change how people live in cities, and we'll be doing it now, and hopefully we'll be doing it for years to come. Brilliant. Well. Thank you, Will. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to try and get everyone to go to the crowdfunder and put some money in. We're going to try and le lend some of the Bromptons we have, try and get them from where they are and get them to people. Because that's what you can do as well. You can, you, can lend, you can lend your bike as well, can't you, within this scheme? So we are, we are about to um, do a campaign with a platform where you can lend your bike. So, you know, we have got 150,000 Bromies in the UK Many of them are not being used. So, so many of us know somebody, a friend of ours, somebody who's a friend of a friend who was a key worker. And it's not just the NHS. It, it, it's people working in supermarkets, people dealing with logistics, people who need a bit of help. And we want to get those bikes out of dusty corners and back being used for those that need them. And so I'll be able to link to that as well because we have, uh, they'll just have to keep coming to the Brompton page and checking it out because yeah. this will go there. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, thanks, Will, and thanks for your time, and good luck to everything you're doing. And how are you keeping everybody motivated at the factory? Well, hold on. I'm in our tremendously trendy studio, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to remove you from the stand. And just, just to prove to you um, that this is not some fabricated guff, one, I'd just like to show you my very smart shorts because I was whizzing shorts. it from, uh, from uh, Ickenham today. And, um, and uh, now here we are. Uh, on the factory and uh, it looks quite quiet because with this social distancing going on like you'd never believe but um, you will see uh, hopefully you can see some of the yeah. team down there 
who are busy grazing and then if you if you go right to the end you'll see the guys you can't really see them they're too far away who are making bikes amazing all right thank you will thank you brompton we'll speak to you later i now can't hear you because there's so much noise in the background cool buddy see you, take care bye, bye.